Pickle Drinking. <laughs> I'm Kevin Regan. I'm Ryan Bailey. And today we are guest hosted by... The one. The only... Jake Spiker. There he is. <laughs> All the way from across the country just mm-hmm. to guest host on our show. because ne- I love it. I we, love this show. Yeah, we never met him before, but he was such a big fan. He called you guys found me on the street, really. He wrote, yeah, he wrote us and mm-hmm. was like, can I pay to come out here mm-hmm. and record with you thing guys? Was we that like, he, I don't know. He heard maybe. us on the internet, but he sent us a letter. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's a jur- he was a had, journalism major. I had to major, find your addresses. It was so, tough, yeah. but mm-hmm. I'm glad I did. Because now I'm here. We were very reluctant to send them. Because we don't want I'm like a Make-A-Wish kid. This is my <laughs> wish. <laughs> yeah. So, tonight, the movie we're going to be watching is The Proposition. It, I don't know. what. Do you know what year what? it came I out? thought we were watching The Proposal. <laughs> the Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock movie. Damn it. We were. Last minute change. Sorry. You Sandra suck, Bullock's good, dude. though, right? But uh, The Proposition is, I think, uh, 07? 06? No, I was sophomore year of college. What was I bought, I bought it at, 06. at Hollywood 06, Video Used at the exact I same saw time it in I the theaters with Brian Withrich. So I think it was, I think 06. I want to say 06. Maybe, who knows, somewhere between 05 and 07. I, I'm, I'm going to say 100% on that. Featuring it, Guy Pierce's yeah. chiseled it was, jaw. Right. It was after Y2K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but we're watching that. And then we're going to be going over our top five modern westerns. And no high noon, no Shane, no stagecoach. Right, exactly. What, uh, what's no, the cutoff no, here? The, no, the because I have a movie that comes out probably 1985. I'm gonna say 80s. 1980 okay. is the. Cutoff. I have a movie that came out in 1984, and it's the best western of all time. 1980. Ooh, I'm, I'm interested. It's not the John Wayne movie though. The uh, what is it? The he Seekers? was dead by then. The uh, Seekers or something? Was he that died of colon cancer. Searchers. Four hundred pounds of meat in this colon. <laughs> That's a man. Yeah. That's a man. Wait, what kind of meat? <laughs> beef, I think. Okay. Not, uh, not man some meat. Some hot right? beef. Not man meat. No. But uh, but yeah, so modern westerns, just anything. I think 1980 and after, I think that's kind of like when modern... Sure. It, we're not going before that, so it doesn't matter. We're just kind of trying to weed out the, you know, the old westerns when westerns were king of, you know, cinema. So. Right, because you guys haven't seen like... Red River or nope. What's that fucking John Wayne movie with Dean Martin? You guys don't know. Rio no. Bravo. Yeah, Rio Bravo. That's good. I, that. I haven't seen it. Western but. expert. Yeah. Has Ricky Nelson in it too? He <gasps> sings. I'm walking. I can't just. It's you. not I'm that walking. song, but it's a good song. Anyway, Fat Don't we need to predict our drinks? Mm-hmm. We do need to predict friends. our drinks. So uh, guest first. I've been yeah. drinking since noon, so I'm gonna go it's with. Alright, start. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be conservative. I'm gonna say three. I'm probably going to overshoot but it. what are we drinking here? Oh, Keystone Pounders. Keystone Pounders. A fave the, of the show. The drink of, the of choice oh, yeah. for critical drinking. Drink what I've heard. Absolutely noon. right. That's what made me right, Keystone actually. Keystone Pounders in a 100 movie. 104 100 minute, minute movie. movie. Only 104? Have fun with that one. That means it's an hour and 44 minutes. So i got to drink two more after this one, right? Yeah, that's, I can do that. That's, that's undershooting. That's done. That's done. undershooting. You're only here once. Overshoot. Yeah. Say eight. Yeah, fail. Adam came on and failed miserably. <laughs> yeah. I won't fail. I'm not Adam. All right, so he's going to go for three. Adam, why haven't I seen you yet? You know what he's going to do? Jake's going to, you know, he's going to exceed expectations. Uh, I, have, I have a feeling. He's going to low-brow. He's going to exceed expectations. Uh, I'm going to say, plus, you know, the one in my hand included, I'm going to say that I'm going to drink four, and I'm really going to go for a fifth. Ooh. 
I'm really gonna, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna, gonna go at it. This is gonna be the I'm best episode ever. <laughs> four though. Four is my is is my. Uh, oh, you're gonna get a gold star for ambition. <laughs> I'm gonna drink. Uh, four. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! You because, get like a bronze star for ambition. <laughs> what happened to silver? Silver was given to Jake. Jake didn't get he a had, star. He had a neutral ambition. Fourth place doesn't get you it. Had Hell, a, you could even uh, be fourth. <laughs> you could <laughs> even fit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, now I guess we'll go and watch, watch Proposition. Proposition. Bye. everyone that's out there. And yeah. Cool. Good All day. Right. All right, this is at the Feely Monument. Oh, Feely that's Monument. right. Feely Monument. Well, cheers to that. Here. See you later. Brian Feely. Welcome back to Critical Drinking. We just watched The Proposition. And before we start, let's Bradley go through... Bradley Cooper wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah, Bradley Cooper wasn't in it. Let's go through our uh, drink promises. We'll start with you, Jake. I said three. I drank three. I probably could have drank more. But like I said, I've been drunk since noon. I didn't want to overdo it. So you did it. I wanted yeah. to be coherent. Yeah. Good, when, no, good for you. we're talking about Good this. for you. Ew. So he did. <laughs> and now this is his fourth. Yes. Uh, I said four. And then as I was drinking my third, I thought that I only had three minutes left, so I gave up. Little did I know I had like 33 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided to go ahead and take the fourth. The fifth. Uh, <laughs> and so... Uh, I wasn't quite done with my fourth one, but then the credits rolled, and you know how I roll. I roll with the credits. You killed it in the credits. Yeah. Killed it, it in the it. credits. But That's I only what I got expect. it because of a lot of support from yeah. Kevin. Your cost. Your cost. Yeah. He told welcome. me I could do it. Right, you're welcome. And then I started making the sex sign at him. It really and was. Told me. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I did it. It really, it really was a team effort. I mean, let's be honest. All right, Kevin. Uh, I said I would do four. I did four. And you also said you'd strive for your fifth, and you were sitting on four for like. I didn't strive for my fifth. I killed my fourth and was like, eh, that's good. Didn't kill my fifth. You were 100% but, hey, sorter. Fair enough. Here's my fifth. So, cheers. I'm, I'm working on my fourth. <laughs> so, let's, uh, let's just get into it. The proposition. It's Australian. It is. It is. Australian Western. Should we give it a little synopsis? Yeah, go for it. You're good at right. this. Thank you. Um, so basically, this movie, the proposition comes out very early in the movie. The proposition is... Probably not, the first like 10 minutes, yeah, right? And we're not ruining this because you know we don't watch movies that are current, so there are no spoiler alerts. Yeah, Matt This movie Conrad. came out like four years ago. If you haven't right. seen it by now, fuck you. Right. So the proposition is, um, basically, they, they have guy like... The opening scene is Guy Pierce and his little brother in a shootout, and then they capture them. So it's obviously the shootout between them and the police. And so then they capture him and they say, you know what? Because Guy Pierce's little brother is uh, basically charged with a crime. Mm-hmm. And Ray Winstone kind of sees through that and says, okay. By the way, Ray Winstone, under, uh, is uh, Ray Winstone underrated? I think so. I but think he's he just, in I, so I, much I, shit where you know he's good, but he's yeah. not in enough. But I think he gets. I think, like he's not in like enough mainstream. He's, he's stuff. rated. But he's I not think, overrated I think or he underrated. He gets double he's just, credit because he looks a lot like the dad in Small Soldiers. 
<laughs> I haven't seen Smallville since so gets, I was 12. So, so. he gets double yeah. credit yeah, for that? Yeah, so he gets double credit. <laughs> double credit for that one movie he looked like the dude? He was also in, uh, he's also one of the general managers in uh, Little Big League. Uh, the the guy in Small Soldiers, not Ray Winston. <laughs> right. But Again, I've never, I've, I haven't seen that movie either. I know you're giving you're giving me dirty looks right now. <laughs> See, but no sharp edges on this one. I'll paper cut you in oblivion. <laughs> the game. Anyway, go ahead. But so yeah, so Ray Winstone basically makes a proposition to Guy Pierce. Says, "I'm gonna hold your little brother, and by Christmas Day, you deliver your older brother to me, or I kill your little brother." And that's the proposition. And so that sets off the entire movie, which is all you need to know and all we really need to know to dive into this. Sure. So, uh, opening statement. Guest host. Spiker. Go. Oh, all right. I'll go first. Fair enough. Give us your take. Um, obviously, this movie is a Western. I mean, it yep. takes place in Australia, but everything about it, it's Western. Through well, it's, does it take place in Australia? Yeah, I know it's directed by an Australian, and it's got a, you know. Well, but, it's got Aborigines in it. Maybe it takes place. Yeah, in you're, no, you're right. You're right. No, New you're Zealand. Right. No, it does have like, Aborigines. Yeah, Aborigines. I, I don't think New Zealand is that desolate. But no, because the Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, there's. It, it didn't look like Mordor. No, you're right. It you're looked like right. I don't want to live there ever. It looked like the caves of Ganji. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds made up. Anyway, so. Ah, the are so nice. Uh, ganja. Um, like all westerns, well, what I think most westerns are about is the conflict between the old, the old world and the new world. And I think this movie is a lot about the 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 death of the old guard as the new guard comes in. And there's a lot of that. If you, there's a lot of flies in this movie. There That's are true. a lot. That's of flies. That's very true. Um, where I, I think. In a, I think there's an overabundance of flies. Um, it's sort of you too know, many flies. The society. Don Hurt able to act through the fly on oh, his man. eye. Oh, society rotting, sort of, yeah. so to speak. You got a funny look on your face, like I'm talking out my ass. No, no. like you just reached a level that Ryan didn't think about. Um, and like, then I'm his co-host. I would know. And there are a lot of sunsets, which <laughs> no, is I sort of no. There are two things that happen a lot in this movie: flies and sunsets. That's true. And uh, they're both symbolic. Tra- Good transition. Um, so, watching this movie, it's sort of about the the death of what the old guard, but not only the old guard, but also innocence with the younger brother. Yep. Um, very. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when he was getting whipped, you know, he was on sort of a crucifix. Oh yeah. And uh, you could call Christ like. You I could. I don't want to say that because. Well, just I mean, the imagery, not necessarily what he represents. Yeah. No, I think the image. I think it was a blatant depiction yeah. of that. They were going for that. Yeah. And so the fact that it was like that, and then, you know, but but really there was so much more around that scene other than that mm-hmm. that if you didn't grasp that, it was not a problem. Yeah. Because really, that was that scene was really powerful for a lot of reasons. Yeah. That was a good scene. Um, there was a song in it that you yes. said was the hardest song ever to it find. It is. I remember when I saw this movie in theaters, uh, I scoured the internet trying to find it. What it was that, actually like that called. actual song or the 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 not the guy singing it, it, but like yeah, what what it was actually called? Okay. The best part about though was I thought it was the funniest part of the whole movie. One of the funniest parts, not the whole scene, but the part where they're all sitting around in like the caves and the boulders, and yeah. all of a sudden 
they're all sitting down, you know, they're just minding their own business, and I want to see them all sitting there, you know, like... Hey, you, you and this guy sit. just all of a sudden stands up and starts going, <laughs> Starts singing Danny Boy, or whatever that yeah. song and is. And they, like, just, right? and they just sit there and go, Oh, Danny Boy. Yeah. This is a great song. Keep singing. He, he usually stands up in the middle of supper and just starts singing yeah. towards the clouds. And it was like, We had some beans today. Yeah. Beans make him sing. Yeah. Right. That's how he works the gas out. Right. I thought yeah. that. I, the scene was the scene was powerful, but it was hilarious that everyone's just like, "Man, this guy just just loves just well singing out to the sky." Sing. What is it? Is and that what he, they said? Or? When he when he sat down, no one said no. a thing. Yeah, for like ten seconds. No, and it'd be like that might be awkward for that guy because <laughs> yeah. he just stood up and sang, and then he doesn't know if he did went, well or not. He needs Simon Cowell to be like right. that yeah. was the worst performance I've ever seen. That I won't. Absolutely, no one will terrible. remember that twenty four hours from right now. Pants on the ground. Pants <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep but, going, Jake. Yeah. That was good. What other comments you got? Um. Oh. This is a. I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but I noticed it. Is that Emily Watson's eyes in this movie are really fucking big? She's always she always has those eyes. That's just her. But it sort of sort of mirrored her character. Yeah. That she's you know sort of wide eyed and not really yeah. aware of what's going on. But Ray Winstone's eyes super thin and like animal like and like I know what's gonna fucking happen. It's gonna yeah. be bad. He's more experienced and right. knows what's going on. He's trying to protect her from um, keep her eyes. That was another thing I noticed and I, I I enjoyed. Yeah. Um. The other thing about this movie is the color palette. Um. First color palette reference brought to critical drinking. Um. Sure. The it's very the it's a very contrast. The reds. There's a lot of reds. Um. You know. You got your and blood. The reds are your, always bright. Your blood and your violence and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And then you've got like the, the very opening scene. Even when they yeah. when he they're interrogate when Ray Winstone is interrogating him, that red the red well, back is just. Here's the other thing about the Ray Winstone, that scene, mm-hmm. is where the shootout happened and all the the lights all the lights come through. Yeah, kind of look like stars, like uh, Ray Winstone, sort of like the the hand of destiny or whatever Mm -hmm. sort of guiding what's going on because i don't know i don't know if you guys do you agree with that i think that one's a little bit of a i don't disagree with that but it it seemed it seemed um it would be hard to it it seemed like they did it on purpose it'd be hard to get it on first viewing though yes i agree it's easier to get on second viewing when you know or third you know i didn't want to tell you guys but this was my first viewing. really yeah was it really Oh, wow. the other thing. One more thing. I own this movie, though, for at least five years. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing. Guy Pierce had a beard. You couldn't see his chiseled jaw. Very disappointed. But he still has it. Yes. He still has it. Still has it. But it was hidden. Right. And it looked like he lost probably like 20 pounds for this movie, too. Oh, Are you kidding me? Guy Pierce went from 140 to 120 in this. That guy's tiny. <laughs> yeah. He really is tiny. He's a wrestler. Anyway. He's, yeah. I love Guy Pierce. Open up to you guys. But I thought one thing about that opening scene is that there are a lot of whole, there's a lot of bad shots. Well, that's true. There's Every a lot West of bad shots and a lot of people. Everyone's they're playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Their accuracy, <laughs> yeah, their accuracy twelve percent. Right, they only got like four hundred points. Me. Got a few assists though. Actually, that kid died eventually, but it wouldn't have been the fifteen minute time span that it would take for Call of Duty game. Yeah, you don't get an assist in the next <laughs> right. game. But uh, I think, like I said. 
you know, the basis of this movie is, and I, honestly, I think to its credit, the proposition it had to be named the proposition, or else on first viewing you wouldn't really know what to look for in the beginning because the proposition comes really quick. Like the idea yeah. of what this movie's about comes really fast, and, and it comes and it comes in thick accents that you don't right. quite that interpret you don't, yeah. until you get until you realize twenty you know, minutes until you get into used the movie. It, right. right, and so right when Stone said, oh, "I'm in," uh, yeah, shit. and so that whole point about you know grasping like, oh, you know, he's committed a crime, and but I'll hold him until Christmas, and then you have to go get your older brother. It's like all this new information just jumbled. And then, you know, eventually it gets kind of straightened out in the end. But but on second viewing and third viewing, it's a lot easier. But I am propositioning you. Yeah. But I, I think I think it needed to be called said. a proposition because then you knew what to look for in the beginning. Um, and I think, speaking to your point about wide-eyed and squinty-eyed, that couple, I think that it was really intriguing, that whole relationship. Because you you realize, and it's almost blatant in the beginning, that they're trying to... You know, he's hiding things from her to keep her, you know, basically to... Well, because he to, moved her out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. You get the sense that they're from, you know, Victorian England. Yeah. And, you know, well, she's she used to this sort yeah. of kind of life. And he's like, hey, we're going to move out to... Right. I don't know. What would be the equivalent? Like the corner of New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're by the way, Paso. there's some dudes that might run by and rape you. El Paso in there. <laughs> Worried about Juarez on the other side of the border fence. Sounds like Corvallis. Um, <laughs> one of the things, I don't know, I noticed this time, but not the first time I saw it, is that I didn't, I forgot, or I didn't realize how um, how much Ray Winstone and Emily Watson's characters are in this movie. Yeah. Like, the first time I saw it, it was all about the gang and Guy Pierce and his brother and what they were doing, and right. I... I didn't realize how involved and just be mean yeah. and stupid or something. No, but the whole the whole idea of their relationship is that he's obviously trying to protect her and the beginning of the movie when he's trying to protect her, he's protecting her from all the bad things he's doing. And right. you you're 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 saying, "Okay, she's you know, she's being protected from all this evil that he's actually doing." And he's he's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And then What's interesting That's a good point. I like is, that. What's interesting, though, is the moment that, as an audience, we realize that she finds all this out, he turns into the good guy. Right. Like, he turns it. well, not, not the bad guy. There, you know, there becomes a worse guy. And so he's been protecting her from all this stuff that you can tell, at this point, he's ashamed of. And he doesn't want to, like, he's trying to find the actual person that did this, and he realizes this, but... Obviously, the I don't know, call him Marshall. The yeah. Marshall is not in favor of that, and so when he, you know, when she eventually finds all this out, like that's the exact point when he turns into the good guy. I'm gonna throw something out here. Yeah, I'm interested in what both of you think. Okay, I was talking about the color palette, how it's so stark in contrast. It's um, you know bright and this and that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's perhaps because all the characters exist in some sort of moral gray area? Ryan looks like he's about to laugh at me. Sounds like you're writing another Sopranos final episode. I'm just saying, <laughs> man. You asked me to co-host, and these are the things I think about. Don't get by her. I'm just giving you my response. Yeah, you you were interested in his uh, opinion on it. Here it is. He thinks it's dumb. <laughs> he thinks it's dumb. Fair enough. No, All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, but I don't think that... 
I think I'll give it to you, and then I'll give you my opinion. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but because it works, but I don't think that it was intentional. Necessarily, or... it was intentional. All right, I think there was. I think there was the the lighting while pointed was meant on a much lower scale than what okay. you were going for. I think no? you need to watch the new South Park because it's exactly <laughs> what what you just did was exactly what the new South Park talked about. Um, being douchey to rent. No, no, not that. Not, 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 no, not that. Stop. I'm not going to tell you more. I'm just saying that the new South Park was exactly... I haven't seen it yet. What are you talking about? I haven't I seen it yet. Seen it? The DVD game? You don't know Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Fair seen enough. it. All right, two more points. Go no, ahead. wait, wait. Go ahead. I have a few more points, but only two matter. The other two are going to be good, though. Um, <laughs> the matter. second is that I think, and this is something that I said while we were watching it, I think John Hurt in this movie, his first scene with Guy Pierce and his basically his only scene in the movie, he comes back, but it's really just a you know attack on of his last scene is the best scene in the movie. I think that him, it, it it's yes, it's, it, and it's early. But it does such a good job of sort of setting up the morality, setting up the feeling, setting up the entire journey, you know, like the whole, because the, really, in my opinion, I think that Westerns are mm -hmm. better when they're based on the morality mm -hmm. and the consequence of actions rather than the actual action right. yeah. itself. And so I think that this... Like, that scene was exactly that. It was two guys sitting at a table. Well, and, you, you and, made a good point. I asked you about the, the, the way they lit it. Yeah. Um, again, going back to the lighting, is all the uh, the guy Pierce, he was, all, the background was all black, yeah. right? Yeah. And then all the John Hurt was, was bright. And what did you say about that? Well, I said that I think that the, and I think, was it that or was it opposite? I think opposite Guy Ritchie... Or Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Guy Ritchie. This was really good. Guy Ritchie movie. No, Guy Pierce had had, had a backlight. A like yes. he was, his face was lit, but he also had light behind him. And then John Hurt was somewhat face lit, but, but just dark all black behind, behind him. him. Yeah. And I thought that it was because John Hurt, and you get this kind of in the scene, is that John Hurt is just done. Yeah. Right. Like he's he's over with. He is his you know, and you could tell in the way that he you know. Says his lines, and to his credit, he does a great job in that scene. But he's just, you know, it's over for him, and you know, there's there's no good left in him. Like he thinks everything, you know, he's so jaded about everything that he's like, it's just so bad, everything's bad. And listen, you just gotta hang on to what you got. And Guy Pierce has the backlight, which I think signified that he does have, you know, what he's got is still there's still good in him, and there's still, you know, he's still got a choice to make. It's like okay, whether I go sacrifice my older brother for my younger brother or, you know, that whole, that whole decision where what do I do? You know, he's still got that choice to make and so he's still got some good in him, which, you know, maybe bullshit, but I thought. Do you think that choice was, was made though at the very beginning when he's already with his younger brother? I mean. No. You don't think so? Uh, the ending says otherwise. That, huh? I think. Because the ending, it, up to the last minute, all th like the last, almost the last single minute of the movie, minus credits, is all three brothers are still alive. So you don't know what's going on. And in the last minute, Guy Pierce comes in and says, Mikey's dead. And that's when you, that's the first time you hear that. 
And then shit breaks loose, and I think you called death of innocence. But you want? I'm gonna do it. Do it. But I wanted to kill him at the in the rock yard when he was sitting there stabbing John Hurt. Well, yeah, but that whole that thing illustrated, I think, when he was stabbing John Hurt, the reason that he shot that he pointed the gun at him was basically it was to say. Hey, stop this being is, a douche. Yeah, <laughs> this is not who we are. We don't torture people, you know. If you're going to kill him, kill him. And so he pointed the gun at him, and then that whole exchange when he turned around, you know, he and we honestly thought that Guy Pierce was just going to shoot him in the head right there, and then he turns and shoots John Hurt so that he stops suffering. He shoots him right between the eyes. And so that's to say, don't be a dick. If you're going to kill him, just kill him. Don't make him suffer. What, what do you think? I think that it was, to me, it was, I read it totally different the whole time, is that I thought that the whole time he knew his brother was a bastard, his older brother was a bastard, right. and that he went out there fully intending to bring him in or kill him, and then after being saved by him, so to say, mm. um, that he, he wanted to kill him, and he wanted or bring him in or whatever, but that he knew that his best option was to be with him and be his partner. And I I think that it was never a question in his heart. I think he may have been fooled a couple times because of his sweet sunset talks that he has with his brother, but yeah. I don't... I think that he knew deep down the whole time, and that's why he's always coming back, you know, never trusting his yeah. brother, always coming back, uh, because he knew that, um, you know, he was bad. See, I I have it the opposite. Well, not, maybe not the opposite, but a different way that I think that Guy Pierce went out and, you know, his younger brother was in jail and he was trying to save his younger brother. That's the only reason he would have ever gone out. If he didn't already, care about his younger brother. He was already with that. his younger brother. I know, but he was in jail. And the only way he was going to save him is if he went out and killed his older brother. So what I what I got from it is that he went out intending to just go out, kill his brother, bring him back, and say, give me my younger brother. And then he went out, and he saw, you know, it was family. He saw the residual good that he had in him. He saw the motives that he had, and they weren't all awful. And he saw the fact that they were just trying to survive. They were, you know, it was, it was like a family... They had good going for them, you know. He's, they're, they're, they. He wasn't worth just killing. Like it was worth, you know. He, he, he found the good in him to not kill him. And then, at the end, when he came back, that's the scene that I that makes me feel this way is because, at the very end, you can tell that he came in, and was just shocked. Like he, he had no idea that this was actually he, if, if. You know, maybe he assumed, maybe, you know, maybe he was like, yeah, well, you know, they say my brother did this, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He came back and all doubt was, you know, washed away and he was like, okay, fuck this. I think that he was, I mean, I thought, um, you've seen it, you know, more times than I have, but I thought he was totally opposite of that. I thought he was coming back knowing that he was blinded, he that Guy Pierce was blinded by wanting to save his younger brother. Yeah. You know? Right. Seeing that, you know what? I can use this awful, awful person, my older brother, 
for good and save my younger brother. And that after that died, he realized what an awful person is. And I think he, to me, I saw him coming back with gun in hand, you know, gun cocked, like, yeah. fuck you guys. Like, I realize what pieces of shit you are. And he comes back, and he just happened to come back in time at the end. That's what I think. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna agree with Ryan. Um, the, the thing about this movie is that despite its you know, sort of, it's it's a it's really different when you watch it. Right. Is that it's sort of, I don't, I'm not trying to degrade the movie at all, but it's it's very stereotypical of a weather what or bleh, a western. A western. A western. <laughs> very Fett. typical. Of Albert Fudd is also co-hosting tonight. Paul Westfall. Westfall. <laughs> um, is that you know you have the main character who has some sort of moral code, and yeah. that's the code he lives by. And, you know, out in the wilderness, that's the only thing that's constant. And so that's, you know, what he sticks to. So when he interacts with his brother or, you know, at that scene at the end when he comes back, it's mm-hmm. like, you you have all violated my code. Yeah. And I'm going to fuck all of you up. Yeah. Um, because it's not what I signed up for. Right. Um, well, I, I agree with that, but I... I mean, it's it's the same thing John Wayne does at the end of Stagecoach yeah. and The Searchers, and but it's just to to the movie's credit, they don't set his moral code up in the beginning, right? No, they I let agree. you interpret it. Yes. So the fact that we're having this argument is kind of a tribute yeah. to the movie. Yeah. No, I, I'm not yeah. trying to discredit no, the I know. movie at all. I'm just but... that's what I, the, to its tribute. Yes, I suppose. All right. Well, and the the funny thing about the movie is that we just assume the whole movie that because. That uh, Ray Ray Winslow, I don't know any characters' names, decided right. to let Guy Pierce be the one to go out and try to kill his brother, and that Guy Pierce is the one that, you know, has these tough decisions. That he is somehow an honorable man. True. You know that True. It just it, it sets you up to make you think that. But I mean, in all honesty. The guy could have been a shit. I mean, yeah. yeah well, you're believe you're you're made to think he's a somewhat of a shithole, but you know, you know, like. A conscious shitbag. He's know, not. Like, he's not as bad as like his older brother. But or, he could be really bad. I yeah. mean, it does a good job of making you feel right away that oh, that's that's the guy. You know, that's the good one. I right like there. that guy. I yeah, like him. I, I, I like stick him. Stick with him through this movie. Yeah, yeah, but you know, they don't exactly. That's right. You know, he is a criminal. It's it, yeah. Is, you're right. This movie is not as black as white as black and white yeah. as some like John. Not, movie it's or not. It's not as black like as white. That. I, I misspoke. I, I think it's darker than it is white. You come to critical drink and you speak. I think it is. I think it's darker than it is white. I think it is. I think it's gray. I already said that. Yeah. That's why yeah. the color pot we know. is so stark. My um, passion bucket is filled. My last. Hey, while you're out, you want to give me another beer? I need one too. You want to give me another beer? Wait, 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 wait. No, you go. You go. I'll, you'll listen to this on the podcast. Did Ryan just. Leave to take a piss before you did? I think and so. you're the one saying, I'm going to get up every three minutes and take a piss? I, for the listeners out there who don't know, all 24 of them? 27, motherfucker. 27, I'm sorry. I have a tiny bladder. Yeah. And I was really afraid <laughs> that I'd have to take like eight pisses. Right. But we're 30 minutes in, and this I haven't guy, taken one. Yeah, and this guy leaves first. This guy being my co-host, Ryan. By the way, I've been drinking since noon. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Meaning you're already dehydrated. Meaning you're doing yourself a favor in in that you don't have to drink too much. Oh, God, he doesn't have to piss, does he? 
He's, I didn't have to pee. He's the man, the oh, legend. Because we just talked about how uh, this guy was worried about having to take a piss. But then yeah, we but thought Jake you piss, were... Jake pisses more than a fucking two. Yeah, well, we just we just responded to that. I'll take the Keystone. You want it? No, no I was yours. just going to put them all down. <laughs> what were you, you going to do? You're going to crack mine with a bottle opener? Yeah. You ever done it? For the record, Ryan brought one Keystone Light Pounder and two Stellas. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to take the uh, Keystone Light Pounder. Here, can you open my beer too? Four for the four. Or give me the bottle. He's the guest no, host. I'll give you this Switch. one. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Good wow. That's, a, that's an inadvertent <laughs> cheers, but it won't be one. So anyways, that bet's still on the table, I suppose. What's the bet? That who pisses first. Oh, Where'd you, what, what happened to the uh, Ryan Maley taking the minute piss? <laughs> no. That never happens. I only, I only pause this fucking show if I gotta take a shit. T.O. Ah, <laughs> uh, there oh, it goes. You couldn't you have said fault. Oh, that, was a, that was a crack for all three of us. All right, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna do closing statements, and these closing statements are gonna include a rating on a on a scale of one to ten. But no, it has to be a point five. You read my top either, five yeah, list. Either ten, no, either ten, you know, either a, a mm. integer or <laughs> an integer or a point five. seventh grade math because right. I or know what five. that is. And so we're gonna go through. We're not gonna comment. We're just gonna go through our closing statements, make our vote, and then move on. Okay. So I'm gonna go first. All right. So, I think that the beauty of this movie is the way that it's shot and the way that it's told. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a it's a relatively, on paper, and Nick Cave wrote it, it's relatively on paper, screenplay, it's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. And the only, like, the only non-typical Western part about this is that it's family that we're dealing with. But that really doesn't even add that many facets on paper of, you know, of, of nuance. Um, but I think that, and these are my two, these are my, clo- this is my closing statement. The two scenes yes. that really, for me, provide the, the reason why this movie is worth watching and the reason why it's so good is the bookends of the relationship between Guy Pierce and his older brother. The bookend, he, he meets... You know, un- unfortunately, he gets uh, he gets speared through the chest. Happens. I'm just gonna say it. Oh, happens. by the way, the Aborigine getting his head blown off is probably the best head blown off scene in any movie. Has, really have you good. ever seen anyone get their head no, blown off? No, that's good. That's as awesome as that. That's one? very Glory good. Glory was pretty good. That's that's a good one too. But this guy had parts coming, like his whole face just ex- like you the glory. Go, the mm. guy takes a fucking cannonball to the face. <laughs> it's good. For God's sakes! <laughs> come on! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but anyway, go the ahead. First five Sorry, minutes, I interrupt. That's right. But the two bookends are, as you talked about earlier, Jake, sunsets, and the first scene where they basically reintroduce you know themselves to each other is when he gets speared and he's getting nursed back to health, and he goes out and meets his brother who's just sitting on a basically on a cliff, watching the sunset, and it's a very poignant moment that makes you think you know these guys are family and they really care about each other and in the end of the movie guy pierce comes in after he shot his brother shoots shoots yeah shoots the guy in the head turns to his older brother and just looks at him and shoots him in the gut once shoots him in the shoulder once obviously if he can shoot a guy in the head he mean you know he's aiming yes He, he can he can shoot wherever he wants 
So he's, Actually, that's a good point. He's meaning to leave him alive. Like, he's not meaning but to kill him Meaning dead. to leave him alive, but also disabled the shooting arm. Right. That's a good point. Right, true. I didn't notice that. So, or leaving him to suffer. So, so then... Well, that too, yes. But, but then... Suffer, but you know, his older brother, His oh. older brother goes, you know, walks out, and Ray Winstone, you know, the, that exchange, that non-verbal exchange that they have, is like, Ray Winstone and both Emma Watson, they, there's a gun there, and they both probably want to shoot him. And then he goes out, and, he, and all he says, he doesn't even, you know, try and move it out of the way. He just says, I'm going to go be with my brother. And so he goes out and sits with his brother as his brother dies, and it's the sun is setting. And so I think those are perfect And bookends. also the brother says, what are you going to do next? True. True. Any idea what But I think that those two bookends are, like, it's, it's really well done. And the whole movie, I love the movie. And if I was going to give it a... Rating out of 10, I'm going to give it an 8. You want to go next? Yeah. Ryan, you go next. Um, I've never seen this movie. I've owned this movie. But I've never seen it. Last points I would like to give, or uh, whoever ordered the reverse dentist in this movie did a good job. <laughs> really Their teeth did look nice. Um, and whoever, like, I want to see, like, a video for the casting of the youngest brother. Because, like, you are signing up for whiny bitch number one. <laughs> yeah. That guy... That's true. ...was annoying. I mean, obviously, not when he's getting whipped, because that sucks. That scene was good, though. That was, well, well, that was a good scene. And, but the you know what's the best part about that scene? Is when the guy uh, does the thing with the whip and squirts all the blood out off, yeah. and then he hits him he goes 39 yeah, yeah and you're yeah, like yeah. oh my god he's yeah. not even halfway done right the but it's the uh, in the very beginning he's literally just sitting there he's like wow <laughs> don't you wow yeah, like true. he's he's cowering in there he kind of plays it up it's like we're gonna realize during the movie that you're a little kind of whiny it reminds me a lot of the yeah. of the the son and uh, Monty Python when they go to the castle with all the women. Like, hey, like, oh, father, I just want to sing. And like, like, no singing. No, no singing. Oh, stop, all you. He's like, oh, he's just... It's, it's a good uh, line to draw. Poseidus Rex over there. Uh, but the, the movie was good. I, I love Guy. He's like one of my favorite actors. It was good stuff. Not enough jawline. I'm going to say it again. Um, what is that? Seagal? Oh, wait a minute. That's the wrong note. Uh, <laughs> uh, overall, it was, it was good. I give the first half of this movie solid 6 out of 10. I give the last... Oh, I give the first... Give the last half of this movie solid 8.5 out of 10. That's a 7.75. That's illegal. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten, there just because go. I haven't seen it a lot, and that. May, but I feel like this is something that could bump up to an eight out of ten. So, um, seven hey, and a half out of ten. Second viewing, oh, yeah. maybe a second viewing. Yeah. Well, I always wanted to watch Let it. Let me stop you. Producer's note: John Rob Johnson. You're <laughs> what? Up. You're up. You just go for it. I don't know what that means. It doesn't mean shit. Gobbler? Uh, <laughs> I would love to have a Common Grounds Gobbler right now. Jake, go. <laughs> what I liked about this movie is that it I didn't realize it until the second time I saw it is how traditionally Western it is. But it does it in such a new way, in such an innovative way, that you get caught up in it and you're very, you know, 
like I said, caught up into it. I repeated myself. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, going back to my points about, you know, the conflict between New World and Old World, the color palette and all that shit. um, I thought it was very well made. Um, What else has John Hillcoat done? There's one. I know he did The Road, but there's another. Isn't there another movie? No? I don't know if there's another big... Anyway, I like The Road, the book. I haven't seen the movie yet. The movie is super depressing, but... So is I the like book. Super worth, no, worth a watch. A watch. Not worth an own, because it's really... It's just... And if you've read the book, you understand that it's just... It's depressing as hell, but there's... You know, to his credit, as depressing as the story is, you cling to any nugget of hope you can get and they give you plenty throughout the movie to like cling to. Did you say nugget? I said nugget. Chicken nugget? No. Mick nugget. Okay. And no, keep, uh keep on going. I'm I'm probably going to give this uh, no, I'm not probably going to get. I am going to give it. <laughs> yep. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Cuz I really enjoyed it. I thought my 7.5 would be the low score. We're all pretty um, much the same, yeah. It's good. I really enjoyed this movie. Um especially it's like first time I saw it was Brian Wethridge in um, the theater. In the theater. Yep. Which was hilarious. I remember walking out of the theater, there was like three guys behind me, they're like, not enough people got shot in that movie. Because <laughs> um, I guess he was expecting... I there was know. a head blown off in that movie. Yeah, I know. I was... Not to mention Ray Winstone got fucked up. That guy was... By the way, Dude, Ray Winstone, again, underrated. I think. Go. He needs yeah. to follow the Beowulf workout, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needs this... to drink more mead. <laughs> so People come around for my mead. <laughs> the one the one final tie-up that we can all agree on is a great tie-up for this movie is that during the credits, and we happen to be watching the credits this time, there was, was one drinking. position that was mentioned. The position... Dingle person. The dingle person. And that's funny enough. Because yes. what does the dingle person do? I don't know. Gets caught up and... Takes half of shingles. Yeah, takes half of shit and walks around the rest of the movie. That guy's a dingle person. Don't, don't go around him. He stinks like shit, but only half a shit. Better was the name of the guy who was the dingle person. What was his name? Gobbler Gillespie. <laughs> Gobbler Gillespie. That was either that was either the greatest like joke thrown into credits ever, uh-huh. or that guy's got the greatest name and the greatest position ever because Gobbler Gillespie is the dingle person. He's thinking, you know, my name's Gobbler. What can I do with my life? What can I'm be funnier be a than my own name? Yeah. I want to see him. Funnier? I want to see him at a bar. Hey, what's up? My name's Gobbler. Are you a dingler? Yes, I am. Are you a yeah. Dingle person. The proposition was. Awesome. I certainly am. I certainly am. Alright, so now we're going to move on to our top five modern westerns. The way we're going to do it. Well, what's the cutoff here? Like 80. 1980? 80. Okay. So the cutoff Thank is 80. Thank God. This one should have been my number one, but it wasn't because there's too many number ones. Uh, we're going to go you, Jake, me. And right. we're just going to keep rotating. Oh, we aren't going back and forth nope, this we're gonna time? Nope, we're going to go in a circle. We're going to go in a circle. Alright, you want last punch every time, eh? I'll take last. Well, the only thing... Only only thing I'm getting in last punch is everyone's already said my number one already. But you first. You're number five. Number Ryan's five. number five. One, it it had the first rifle in it that was sweet. Uh, this doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Two, it has the best stash in Hollywood in it. Uh, oh, I think I know this one. I'm excited for this. Magnum? 
and three. He's down under, baby. <laughs> quickly, quickly, quickly. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. Tom also, Selleck, baby. also takes place in Australia. It does Tom take place in Australia. Selleck. Oh, down under didn't yeah. give you a hint that it takes place well, in I'm Australia. I'm just saying. So baller. He's got the the rifle that you just adjust the little. I call them quigs. Yeah, quigs. <laughs> I just wrote it as quig. <laughs> it, oh man, it was such a sweet movie. And I know my brother's friend, this is, uh, my brother's friend's dad, there's only five, like, or something like five uh, copies or whatever of yeah. that rifle. Yeah. He has two of them. Nice. And they're sweet. Wow. I heard about them once. That's I almost sick. saw them, but I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. All right, go to number five, Jake. My number five, <laughs> I think, is going to show up on both your lists. Um, lists? Lisps. They're gonna show up on both of my. They have lips. lots of S's. Um, no. Uh, I love this. He's movie. doing this from memory, by the way. I have it written down, but I'm mm, pretty but sure I remember. Consulting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> the, just flashes notes. The performances in this movie are great. Um, but it sort of like loses track. It was it was one of those things. It came out in ninety four or ninety five, I think, right after Unforgiven. So it was sort of in that it was like, do we want to be a classical western? Do we want to be a modern western? I don't know. So we're gonna throw in a retarded ass love story. Um, That's I'm representing what you're doing. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, so the movie's Tombstone. My number five. Ninety three. By the way, ninety three. The year after. Okay. So I don't so know how much the, I don't know how much influence Unforgiven had on it. But I, I feel like if they had just gone the Unforgiven route with uh, with Tombstone, it would have been so much better. Because the whole Dana Delaney story, I'm like, I I, I know. Do you it think Kurt Russell can pull off Unforgiven? And no, that, no, I think he can. He can pull off he's, Tombstone. He's so good in that movie, except when he's acting. Okay, except when he's acting. Come no, on. no, I'm sorry. When he's acting with Dana Delaney. When it's they just, want to ride horses together. Why are you gonna stop them? I think it's <laughs> it's just I and I know it happened in real life, and they got to stick to it. But I think it was fucking retarded. It should have just been him and Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday, which, by the way, is probably one of the most underrated performances ever. I mean, how he didn't get nominated for some kind of Academy Award? Right. Sporting or something. Yeah. Because he's so good in that movie, and everyone is so good in that movie. Um... Michael Bean is in that Michael movie. Michael Bean, Powers Booth as uh, Curly Bill Brocious is super good. Uh, Stephen Lang yeah. as uh, Ike Clayton. Um, fucking Thomas Hayden Church is in that movie as I one of the Clayton brothers. IMDb too, Jake. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. It's the Come international on. movie database, yeah. not the Jake Spiker movie. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's got a fantastic cast. They yeah, all do a really good job. And then they ruined it with that fucking love story and it pisses me off that's Hollywood baby that's Hollywood that's Hollywood baby that's, that's Hollywood alright anyway that you number five? alright shock of the nation my number five starts with a T it's tombstone <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna go a, a somewhat similar but also different take as Jake um I'm gonna echo you as saying Doc Holliday is probably one of the best characters of film ever, right? I, think I agree. Not only he's was, so good in that. Not movie. only was it the defining role of the movie, but it was the defining role of his career. Yeah, and it's the defining it role. Was it Batman Forever? <laughs> uh, 
Excuse me, Batman yes, Forever yes, is back. his is his maybe second best, but mm-hmm. like it's a nine. 9.9 to a 9.8. Because <laughs> Batman Forever is a great movie. But um, I think that honestly, this was like the movie. This was this performance was what a lot of other Western performances will be and have been judged on. Like, it's just so good. And the script and the whole story, and like you said, the love story is pretty atrocious, but. The whole story is pretty run-of-the-mill how the West was that won. That scene where fucking Wyatt Earp is standing in the rain after one of his brothers died and is like, oh, no one loves yeah. me, ah! Right. right. Fuck that shit. Right. And it's, uh, no, it's 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 almost cookie-cutter how the West was mm-hmm. won type, you know, 1860X, whatever year it was. You know, it's pretty much that whole, you know, same movie, but... That was when the Civil War was fought, so I think you mean after that. Yeah. Okay, I mean Val Kilmer also has one of the best deaths ever in that movie. That's true. Where he's playing cards, he goes, oh, hell, this is funny, and then just <laughs> dies. Just dies. <laughs> I'll be a Huckleberry. Yeah, that's I'll a good line, too. I'll no, he delivers some <laughs> of the best lines in that movie. But I think that given like his depth and the way that in that movie, he the way he brings depth is showing what friendship is all about. I think that really, that's the only reason why this movie is so great and the only reason why it's my number five. Also, when he steals Billy Bob Thornton's shotgun. Billy Bob Thornton Billy Bob also Thornton looks yeah. like a bitch. <laughs> looks like a total bitch. He's Charleston like, Heston, like, oh, also in that movie. Oh, oh, IMDb, oh, Jake. You took my gun. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I'll do what you want. All right, you're number four, right? My number four is a movie about dancing. <laughs> he dances with the wolves. His name was Two Socks. <laughs> two Socks. I count two. Ryan has I, on one sock, two socks. I love this socks. movie. You know why I love this movie? It has a sweet soundtrack. It's really good, and also it was it also won best, best picture. picture. And it was the first Kevin Costner movie to follow the Kevin Costner uh, idea of uh, I'm a different person. I'm gonna come into a new place and be ignorant, and then realize that wait a minute, these guys are better than everyone else. So Avatar signed the Waterworld. <laughs> signed Waterworld, yeah. Signed the Postman. The Postman. Where they had two of his best on. and Tom. Two of the greatest Tom movies of all time. By the way. And signed Avatar, but. <laughs> Kevin Costner didn't sign that one. He didn't sign. He, that was signed Ryan. He's getting stingy with autographs lately. Right, yeah. But <laughs> it's, he's so big. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's long. and The wolf dies at the end, and that part pisses me off, so that's why it's not higher. On to you. <laughs> My number four um, is Unforgiven, because it's awesome. Um, Clint Eastwood... The, the last 20 minutes where Clint Eastwood is like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill your family, I'm going to kill everyone I know where that becomes is related himself. to you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But then also, what also carries that movie is, uh, which he got an Oscar for this performance, but I think it's still kind of underrated as a performance, is Anthony, uh, what, what's that dude? Gene Hackman. And I, yeah. I almost Anthony, said Anthony Hopkins. Anthony I was Anthony like, Hopkins. that's not right at all. Gene Hackman, yeah. Gene Hackman in that movie... Um, Severely underrated. I mean, he won an Oscar for it, but you never hear about great supporting 
performances than Gene Hackman and Unforgiven. Well, in his defense, I think The Royal Tenenbaums is his greatest work. Eh, right. Enemy of the State. And that's nice. not necessarily... Enemy of the State. That's not necessarily... The replacement. But <laughs> I, I won't picture him as anyone else but Royal Tenenbaum. That's, that's, that's probably a good call. In that movie. And, you know, yeah, French Connection, haha. Oh, it's young Royal Tenenbaum, you know, cruising down the street in a car, chasing, <laughs> and, uh, you know, best chase ever with Royal Tenenbaum in it. He is Sorry, the but, Royal Tenenbaum. But, yeah, no, he is Royal Tenenbaum. Uh, we have a question from the gallery. Yes, Luke. Best, Cle- best Clint Eastwood Western? Outlaw Josie Wells. I'd go with Watch Pale it. Rider. It's your opinion. Uh, you'll see what I'll go with. Um, but anyway, Unforgiven. Yeah. Really good. Morgan Freeman. Not narrating something awesome. <laughs> That's true. He's <laughs> actually acting back then. Yes. This is weird. Um, He's also acting in New South Park. You guys are watching. That's the second time <laughs> I told you to watch up. it. <laughs> but I really, I really enjoyed up, Morgan Freeman in that movie. And the yeah. kid... He's like, oh, I'm the greatest shot ever, but no, he can't really no. see anything. Think, think about it right now. In 2010, think Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, and Gene Hackman. And then think, all three of these are actually really good. It's really good casting. Yeah. And then think, uh, really? And then but that it scene, really was good casting. And that scene at the end where Clint Eastwood, is, he walks into that bar, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill all of yeah. you. Right. It's just so good. It is good. It's what because it, you you watch that whole movie and you're just waiting for it. You're like because you hear the whole thing is about William Money. He's, he used to be this guy and his wife straightened him out. And which, she by tried. the way, they no, need she to try. They need to she make tried. a prequel about William Money before Clint is too old now, though. Well, it doesn't have to have Clint Eastwood in. But would you watch a movie about William Money where he, uh, um. Where his, where his character was the where badass he, character. Yeah, that he and then used he meets. Be? Hell yeah, I'd watch that. And then he meets his me? wife or whatever, and is like straightens him out. I the would movie, watch that movie. St- the movie starts with him. It's it's his, you know, his legend. And then yeah. he's like, no, nah, I'm a farmer now. I'm straight. I'm straight up. By the way, I don't terrible kill people. Farmer. Well, he's obviously a terrible farmer. Right. but that's half the reason. That's why my number four. Anyway, let's go to Kevin. My number four is a movie that just came out. Well, I think it was a. It was the same year that No Country came out, so I'm going to say 07. Mm-hmm. And it's 310 to Yuma. Okay. No Country count? Yeah. Because it's on my list. So, uh, it's on so, my list too. So 310, like Tombstone, in my opinion, was more of a coming from Hollywood type western where it was, you know, it's driven by its cast. It was also a remake. It's Well, it's a remake, which came from Hollywood, so... Given that, you know, right off the bat, it's it's a Hollywood movie. But second, it's driven by, you know, big stars, Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. And, you know, to a lesser extent, but I think a even more powerful extent, Ben Foster. Yes. I think Ben I think, Foster, also oh, yeah. one of the underrated performances. Oh, incredible, though. He's so good in this. But, what I think that this movie does better... How many underrated performances have I gave him tonight? Like... Ten? Three, I think, so far. <laughs> there aren't a lot of evenly rated performances. <laughs> yeah, he, he came right up to par with what he was, uh, what I thought he would do. That was an even performance. That was Tom a, Hanks movie. That was a, you, that know, was a you know why? Because Ben Foster, whenever I think of him, I think of his whiny bitch character in Six Feet Under. 
See, I didn't watch that show, so I don't. I have think him. it'll be flash in that. forward. I think or his whiny bitch character in X Men Three, which is a movie I hate. I think well, he's Angel in that movie, but I think of him as the badass. I guess the badass badass in Hostage with Bruce Willis. <laughs> is that where he does the headbutt? Or is no, that no. That's where he's he's getting, a badass badass in Alpha fire, Dog. Dude. He is a badass like, badass in Alpha Dog. He's too. like, you know what? This movie fucking sucks. I'm going to come in and start kicking women. No, what are you doing? Dude, Whack. That guy, that guy is good in everything, but he's looking like he's almost getting stereotyped. I know. Like, he needs to... No, he doesn't. He's great he needs to hire, in what he does. No, he, needs he needs to a, do more of what he does. He needs to hire Joseph Gordon-Levitt's agent. Because they came they out They should make more time. movies we'll together. That was for a, for a previous show. Um, but I think... And I know it's true. <laughs> granted, Russell Crowe, to me anyways, I think Russell Crowe's the best actor acting right now. And I think Russell Crowe can sell any character... Or at least hasn't met a character he can't sell. So I think that Russell Crowe is the most... like I, I'll take Russell Crowe in any movie, even if he's this outlaw. What about The New Year? Which is a movie no one ever saw. The Good Year, sorry. The Good Year. With the, the wine guy? I guarantee you he sold that character. Guarantee. Uh-huh. I didn't see it. I saw it. I didn't see it. But I guarantee that he was believable in that. Maybe the movie was bad. But I guarantee you he sold it. I'm too good at my job. I need to go to France. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like, this movie, going on my whole Hollywood aspect, this movie is downright entertaining. But, you know, while the action and the acting are a lot of fun, when you get down to it, the movie is really about, and you've seen it, the movie is really about questioning perceptions and the whole relationship between Christian Bale, who's this farmer who discovers the outlaw, you know, Russell Crowe, and is, is set to just take him to jail. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's all about questioning perceptions and questioning, you know, what is right and wrong and what, you know, honor and everything like that. And, and the fact that the same thing as Tombstone, it's like friendship plays a big role in this, where they become friends and in that sense, you know, it comes back, they're, you know, friendship gets them there and then friendship... Gets him out of it. So, that's my number four. Your number three. My number three also has numbers in it. That's good. It's 310 to Yuma. What do you have to say about that? The original. <laughs> yeah, right. Alright, it's a one star on Christian Bale. Did you haven't heard anything about it yet? <laughs> it's good. And then I thought after you brought it up, the only good point I'd have was that <laughs> Ben Foster was the best character in it. But thanks for taking that one, ass. But you know what? We already talked about this fucking movie on uh, after uh, New World. You know what? It might have to go in our. Uh, it might be the first nominee. Pantheon or whatever. Well, film spotting, our you know our rival. Our we're, rival. we're right next rival. <laughs> Competition marks with the fingers. Pantheon. So let's <laughs> right now. Let's round table. What are we going to call our designated? You know, can't touch it. Taint movie. split list. I don't think that's going to work. Can we just call it the taint list? The taint list. No. It's going to be something about... It's going to be something less... Because uh, we're not explicit on iTunes right now. Can't so we t- can't, can't, can't be taint list. Can't touch this list? Um, 
It should be. <laughs> I don't know about MC Hammer list. I mean, <laughs> you touch can't, touch this. can't touch this. Oh, <laughs> you know what? We're All gonna right, call it that. Every time Producer someone mentions a movie in that list, can't touch this. All right, that's what we call it. It's called the can't touch this list. So I think 310 to Yuma, as of right now, do you have it on your list? No. I think as of right now, 310 to Yuma has been mentioned between us three times in ten episodes. It's on the can't touch this list. All right, get out of here. There it is. Number three was that. Go to number three, Jake. All right, so let me set the scene for this movie before I name it. It's 1980, I don't really know when this movie came out. 86, I think. Quigley Down Under 2? No. It was a Quigley Down Under 2. All right. And I'm, I'm going to tell you who's in this cast. Well, first I'll of all, it. it's written and directed by the guy who wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes Back. It stars... Open Range. No. Kevin Klein. Who? Kevin Costner. Uh, who? Danny Glover. Now, again, this is before they're all annoying. If you made this movie now, you want to punch yourself uh, in the face. I know exactly uh, what it is, but I can't think of the name. Is it Brian Dennehy? Last Brian Dennehy from Super Jeff, Troopers. Jeff fame. Goldblum. No, it's the JG is in this. <laughs> um, Scott Glenn. <gasps> Who else? The is someone else in this movie. Oh, and Wilson from Home Improvement. No, Did you Jake, see take mouth? us off the edge of our seats right you know now. What this movie's called? I do. Silverado. Ah, it's awesome. Everyone should see it. It's great. I love it. Silverado. That's Desperado. Why don't you come to your senses? It's fantastic. It's got, uh, you know the. You've been out riding the fences. (laughs) It's got the the cattle baron versus all the small people who want to keep their the cattle people in it. No, but um, freedom. Who else is in that movie? There's someone else. Tell, you don't need to say anyone else after that cast. Yeah, that was pretty solid. <laughs> but anyway, solid. it's a great movie. I love it. Uh, it launched. It launched nine careers. Apparently, it did. <laughs> it really because none of them were really that famous before it came out. Yeah, I don't know if they got famous afterwards, but yeah. it's really good. I recommend it. There you go. Go ahead. Uh, my number three is actually the movie we just reviewed. So as if we didn't speak about it enough, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it a little more. Um, from the moment I saw this and this was my probably my fourth or fifth viewing uh, from the moment I saw it though I really loved it and I didn't really know why right after right off you know right off the bat Um, but I think like I said good westerns focus on morality and the consequence of actions rather than the actions themselves and so this movie did a good job of exploring the consequences while and they even, you know, they just mentioned the action, which was, you know, the younger brother mm-hmm. apparently raped and killed, you know, this person. And so that was, and the consequences of those actions were the entire movie. Like, that's what drove the entire movie. Um, I think, to summarize, the Nick Cave, you know, screenplay and soundtrack, plus... The John Hillcote directing, which we talked about, he directed this and The Road. Plus, the perfectly sensitive direction. And by sensitive, I mean it was close in all the right places and it was far away in all the right places. Um, I think, you know, plus plus a Western, albeit Australian, 
a Western that, you know, took the cliches out, you know, it, it equals a really, really, really good movie. And so that's my number three. Alright. I really like that movie. It'd probably be on my top five list if I'd seen it before. Yeah. Just like Unforgiven, which I have never seen. Ooh. That why... That why? Is this your you number should, two or you number really three? This is my number, number two, two, bro. Alright. I'm excited. It's been on both these lists before. Oh, no. But it was so good. In fact, I labeled it number one on here, but I just realized right now I want to label it as number two. All right. Do you know what it is? Oh, man. When Kevin leaves, I get so nervous. <laughs> and now he's left. <laughs> no, fuck. No. My number two? Tombstone. Oh. It's good. It's my number five. <laughs> Kevin's number five. I'll just drop the pen. I keep dropping. What is that? Like the third time I've dropped it? I don't know, I never noticed, but Kevin's gone. Man, was, have you ever heard of editing? Producer, edit this shit out. Oh, um. <laughs> Why don't you mention Wild Wild West? <laughs> that should get a, that should get a uh, honorable mention. Cause... I've never seen Wild Wild West. The only time I went to go see Wild Wild West was the time I went to South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. My parents were like, you can't see that. So I said I went and saw Wild Wild West. But Tombstone, Kevin, yes, is my number two. Uh, ha ha! Uh, because I love it, and because it's sweet. Uh, Doc Holliday. Yep. Like you guys said, all right, underrated, most underrated, great performance. It is one of the best performances of all time. And you missed two of the best scenes in the whole freaking movie. One. Where he starts showing off with the shot glasses. Yes. And starts spinning up and going yes, in. Yes, that's good. Yeah. And the best line of the whole movie is, I got two guns. One for the each, each of you. Yeah. yeah. Now you win. You win. Uh, You're right. And you, did, you failed to mention Oregon, University of Oregon resident. He never graduated. His Sam Elliott. Sam the best stash in all of Hollywood. That's true. The best, best stash in all of Hollywood. And voice. best voice. The best voice because in all of Hollywood. Because next time you go to the bar, make sure you order a banquet. That's Sam Elliott. <laughs> Sam Elliott. And so, right. and, and he, the dude abides. The dude That's abides. One of his other <laughs> great lines. The dude abides. Oh god, yeah, you're right. Sam Elliott was a. Um, we have a produce a production now. Tombstone Pizza. About Tombstone Pizza. Which is a good pizza. pizza. Wait, what kind did you buy? DiGiorno. Are you making it tonight? Because I'm okay. fucking struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. hungry too. Um, but and my last, my last, no, right? my, no, oh, sorry, I got sorry, one sorry, last tombstone point. One thing that makes it a number two above all else is that Bill Paxton gets five? shot in it, which can always raise the level of a movie. <laughs> you know what? Bill Bill Paxton should be in the MC Hammer Paxton. No, 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 no. He has. That's his first time he's actually been mentioned. Yeah. Paxton. But he, he should be, but he will be, but we're not taking him off the list yet. Alright. Yeah. He needs he needs to actually be mentioned. Oh, Bill okay. Paxton because, hey. and aliens getting killed as Hudson? Hilarious. Or <laughs> hey, I mean awesome. Top five tornado movies, go. <laughs> top five actors in tornado movies, go. Bill Paxton. Yes! Winner! Then we'll put him in the list. Top five mo- or top five actors that club. hit on Titanic Survivors. <laughs> Bill Paxton in the beginning. Number one. <laughs> Top ten movie sea divers. Uh, Bill Paxton. He's in, but we haven't done those lists yet. Fair enough. But are you? Is that your number two? You I got to go? two guns. One for the each one. of you. The other, the other good scene in that really movie is, is so when uh, 
The shootout's not bad. Uh, Curly Bill Brocious is in the middle of the creek, and he's got his guns, and he's got Wyatt Earp surrounded, and Wyatt Earp just walks out in the middle with a fucking yes. shotgun. No! No! no. The shootout really ah. isn't that bad, though. Oh, the okay, girl. Yeah. No, he becomes invincible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It was number one on my list, but I moved it to number two literally 87 seconds ago. And All right, in. my number two, two I think is on Kevin's list. It's kind of a cheat. It's a western. Everything about it's this not, movie. No, I know what you're going to say. It's everything about this movie is a western except the fact that they drive cars. Um, It's no country They're for They're trucks. Man. They're uh, trucks. Still, they have and vehicles. And Tommy Lee Jones is in it. Yeah. And he makes only westerns now. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. But uh, it's No Country for Old Men. TLJ. Because I I would honestly say that No Country for Old Men is one of the best movies made in the last 30 years. I don't know. I'll I don't. Th- I don't that. think it's got enough credit. I'll clap for that. Um, oh, it only won a best picture. But still, it it gets. It should take more classes if it wants more credit. <laughs> Heyo. <laughs> um, it's just Javier Bardem. Say that one more time. Javier Bardem. That's right. It's so right. good in that movie. The whole scene with the the guy and the flipping the coin. Um, call it. Yeah, call it. It's such a good scene. Call. Call it, call and then it. Jeff Brolin is such the Josh. Qu- Josh. I said Jeff. Who's Jeff? He's Brolin? had four beers. He's, sad. He's had four beers. No, no, no. Josh. It's Josh, Josh Brolin. There is no Jeff Brolin. You sure? No, there probably is. Actually, I think it's his dad. I thought Jeff Brolin was a big actor. I think so. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, Josh Brolin, such the quintessential Western hero, with the you know I got to go back and give him water, and then the whole that's where this movie unfurls. Uh, it's just it's it's awesome. That's all. That's, that's what. Is that I'm, all you got to say? Yeah, I mean, good news because that's my number two. <laughs> no country for old men. So I still have topics. I still have something to say. Um, this best picture winner, first of all, is probably in my top ten of favorite movies ever. Good movie. I really, 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 really like this movie. The Coen brothers, first of all, are maybe my favorite director's Writer team. Right. And and so everything they make, except for Burn After Reading, I really didn't like that. And if you ever read an interview by them, they yeah. are douches. But keep I believe on. it. But but everything I've seen and and this was the best, if not better, than Fargo. And I Fargo's Fargo's a really great good too. movie. But I think this might actually be better. But everything they make, and they're so diverse, and they don't do the same movie twice, and I credit them for that. Like, it's impressive to see how well they do in everything. What about the Lady Killers? Do you think that was good? I actually I, thought that I, was good. I, I enjoyed the Lady Killers. For what it was. It was pretty funny. Yeah. But. Um, Could have been better. But I think that the simple story, and it was a Cormac McCarthy mo- or book, I think the simple story that it had gave them room to operate as far as being, you know directors slash you know maybe story storytellers um i think that as you said josh brolin is great in this movie and it really catapulted him into almost epic status because he was in a lot of movies he's, he's still in a lot and of movies he was rumored to be the terminator terminator salvation yeah which would have been hilarious because yeah. that guy's not the terminator yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> he, the terminator sure. rises up with the right. stash 
Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin also he had a mean stash. Get it from the getting place. Yeah. The Terminator rises up and goes, I'm gonna get it from the getting place. (laughs) Which is also a really good line. It's a really good line. But Javier Bardem, as you said, is really good. But I think he's actually I, I think it's perfect. I think he's one of the best villains of all time, honestly. He's he's so he is so menacing, and he's so for for what he actually does in the movie, he is so so well. Like he's he's feared, he's really feared in the whole movie. And I didn't he does, know, I didn't oh keep on going. And it's not it's not storytelling that makes him feared. It's not. It's that whole first scene where he chokes the dude out. Yeah, and it's the him. boot marks it's are all, on the uh, but it's all him. linoleum. Yeah, it's all him. It's all like his acting on screen creates his mystique. And I think that's really impressive given that a lot of movies just say, like, oh, this guy did this and he's in jail for 16 years because he did this. Javier Bardem did it all himself. Um, oh, I, 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 think, I, oh, keep on going. My last, my, last, my last statement is just that those performances plus really good suspense plus dark humor, which really worked well, plus... Great storytelling for as light as the story was makes this an, an instant classic. And so it's my number two. Well, I was just going to say that I didn't know this one counted. Mostly because I didn't know that it doesn't make any sense. But I really, I really, really like this movie. This definitely would be top two on my list. Well, give it a review. I thought it was sweet. Consider you your, your you 1.5. You, you did a good job on Thank reviewing you. it. Thank you. Um, Javier Bardem, good job, but, uh, a lot, I, and he deserved being the villain and the best act, supporting actor that he got, but really, he was, a he was a bad hair version of Mike Myers. He walked everywhere. That's true. (laughs) Everywhere. It was Mike Myers walking around. And he and can he span always, like, yeah, he can he, span a mile in ten seconds. Yeah, and he <laughs> always end up where the other person was. Right, you right. know, where the last survivor was. But that's he, a menacing. Uh, no, villain. He, yeah, he I was. Know. He was Mike Myers without the mask. Without the mask. You know what's the best scene? With that the hair. Sort of yeah. describes how menacing, not or shows how menacing it is, is when he's driving across that bridge and there's that bird sitting there and he just yep. fucking pulls out his gun. And he's like, Fuck you, bird, and shoots yep. him. So good. Or how so Woody good. Harrelson was billed as a top actor in this, and he just he was in the, for like three minutes. Yeah, for, yeah, three minutes. Kevin, I'm it's gonna I'm gonna go off. back to old ways. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna make you do number one first because are we gonna go opposite? Yeah, because I think you guys got number ones that are believable, and my number one is I like unbelievable. It. <laughs> I like it. My number one has been said, and if Ryan had seen it, it'd probably be on his list. Jake has already mentioned it. I think Unforgiven is the number one best Western, best modern Western of all time. And here's my reasoning. I think that, you know, granted it won Best Picture. I gotta see this movie. Yeah. It won Best Picture in 92. So for, for all the movies in 92, which honestly, it's only, I think it's only like uh, competition was Glory? a few good men. No, uh, usual best sus- no, 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 no. No, no, that was was the year after. no, it wasn't. Dance with Wolves won though. But honestly, it's it's best competition was Two a few Socks good men. won that one. It was. The best competition was a few good men. And Which... so a few good men, clearly not a best picture. So Unforgiven won, I think, kinda by default. But I think that 
to its credit, it really made a statement among contemporary modern uh, Western movies. I think that, well, first of all, Clint Eastwood, I think he did he 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 directed, he produced, and he starred in right this movie, which you know he's been known to do now. But it's hard to do. Think about doing that and making it a good movie, and not getting way too headstrong about doing things the way. Unless he knows exactly what to do, I think about not saying I'm gonna be, I'm gonna make myself cool in this scene. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's you know, and and granted, his his William Shatner had the same problem in Star Trek Five. <laughs> right. That was a war. Oh my god! You should watch that. It's, a, I, it's, it's that. awful. Yeah. Fuck that movie. I have the whole uh, the whole Blu-ray set I'm of all the uh, Star Wars, Star Trek. <laughs> Sorry, I said Star Wars. Sorry, I did. Don't worry, I don't get those episodes right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Episode five: Return of the Jedi. Fuck that. It's your fault. Um, it's your fault. It is my. No one fault. else would notice it. <laughs> I started. I listened to it the other day too. I started talking and I was like. Wait a second. He misquoted Star Wars. Fucking but anyways. Nuts.net. Yeah. <laughs> kick Ryan in the nuts.net. <laughs> Visit it frequently yeah. so I can kick Ryan in the nuts. Um, but, you know, the story of the retired killer, like Jake was talking about earlier, the retired killer who's gone straight for one reason or another, whether it's honest or whether it's just playing to, you know, society... And then he takes this one last job and turns ultimate badass. And he becomes better than his epic, you know, his epic persona could be. Um, but I think that, honestly, Clint Eastwood probably plays the most transcendent Western character of any that, uh, that has been played, like, based on, um, you know, just... He, he plays the most... He walks the line between being I would say just he plays a character. The most nuanced. Because John Wayne was always the good guy. Well, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. But what he plays is he plays the guy who walks the line. He walks two lines. He walks good guy and bad guy. Mm-hmm. And he walks man and myth. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's really, whether it's just the story or whether it's him or whether, you know, Clint Eastwood had a, his giant fist was on this whole movie. But it's really like. It's a really well done character, I guess, and I think it's the epitome of Western characters. Yes. Because it, 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 the whole morality thing I'm talking about, and the whole you know action, like consequences of actions without actual action. This movie does it perfect, and this movie does it best. And it only took thirty years since the heyday of westerns to do it. Um, so for that reason, you know, also that. The whole movie, they're avenging a hooker's death. That's my number one. So, Jake, your number one. Um, I cheated again. My number one isn't a movie. My number one. I knew it. I knew you would do this. It's Deadwood. It's Deadwood. It has to be. It would only. It uh, it has to be. My number one is Deadwood. (laughs) I knew it. Oh, I should have called it before. <laughs> it would have been great. I knew it was going to be yours. That's so oh. gross. No, Why? No, no, it's awesome because you know Jake. I know Jake. <laughs> Everyone who knows Jake knows Jake would pick Deadwood as his favorite western. Um, but you can't, you can't put it as your number one in a top five westerns thing. You sure can. 
Because, yeah. well, you can, but, I mean, it would have been more tastefully put as, like, number two or three. Yeah. Just give but it anyway, all, all westerns, like I said earlier, are about the conflict between new and old. Cussing. And cussing. Oh, apparently. Cussing. <laughs> and Deadwood is all about, in a microcosm, how the country sort of came out of nothing. Because for season one, it's this backwoods you know, outposts where no one knows what the fuck's going on. And by season three, they have electricity, they have, you know, telegraph lines. And it's all about the synthesis of how they combine the frontier mentality with the modern mentality and what is more American than that. And um, the dialogue is fantastic. The Al, uh, Al Swear engine by himself, if they, he had his own spinoff show. The I one guy that it. was scary? That guy's scary. Ian, or, uh, Ian McShank. Yeah, yeah, the guy from Hot Rod? Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I Hot love Rod. that. Movie. Awesome. I, I think Hot Rod, here's another Don't underrated. The devil out of me. Hot Dang. Rod, underrated. Thank um, you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's the most underrated movie ever. I love Hot Rod. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, Deadwood is my number one just for the, you know, sort of the gritty realism, the how. Well, it hits its target. Just how good of a drinking game it is. How good of a drinking game it is. Yep. When the guy plucks the other dude's eye out and then beats him to death with a tombstone. With his own eye? I think fuck and cock are the two words you look for in Deadwood for a drinking game. Um, Deadwood is probably... The only thing that sucks about Deadwood is that it didn't get a proper ending. They sort of cut it off. Because the fucking... The, the creator was like, I want to make John from Cincinnati. Fuck Deadwood. That, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. Should have stuck with Deadwood. So they were like, uh, we're never going to finish this show. But you know what? Also, that, the other thing about Deadwood... He made that because he wanted to go to fucking California. The other thing the about beach. Deadwood, as a history nerd, all the random historical people that show up in that show um, just, I mean, puts it over the top for me. Anyway. I can't criticize. I haven't seen it. Alright. You haven't seen the entire... Oh, Brian Cox also <laughs> in it. Seasons two and season three. Brian yeah. Cox or Brian Dennehy? How many seasons were there? Three. You haven't seen all uh, seventy-five episodes of it's Deadwood, Ryan? Seventy-five. It's uh, what's like, three? Thirteen times you? three. Thirty-nine. Yes, thirty-nine. I haven't you seen, haven't all, seen 30 all thirty-nine episodes of Deadwood. I saw Ian McShane in that movie called Hot Rod. Your number one. Fun. Let's see your number one. It's gonna be out of the blue, isn't it? No. Is, I can't. Is, it, is it mentioned? Is it American Gangsters? No, no. no. What was I that movie called? <laughs> I can't believe oh, American movie. Outlaws. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, James or Jim Con or Scott Cannon and, and uh, Call Me Hot Shots yeah, Part Two. Hot Shots. I can't believe that Jake didn't put this on his top five. I can't believe that you didn't put it on your honorable mention, which hasn't been mentioned yet. True. My favorite western. It yeah. may not be best. But my favorite Western I've ever seen stars the same guy that starred as the Native American medicine man in Dancing oh, with Wolves. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about this movie. Maverick is by oh far my goodness. the best Western I have ever seen. Good pick. Starring Mel, Crazy I Hate Jews, <laughs> Gibson. That is him. That's him. And James, I'm the original Maverick Gardener. And the most attractive Jodie Foster you will ever see. She's so hot in that movie. <laughs> and uh, and uh, who's the guy that keeps on the the bad guy in it? 
James Co- Oh, uh, no, uh, Alfred Doc, Molina. Doc Ock. <laughs> Doc Ock is in it. Alfred Molina, yeah. And the greatest poker hand of all time resides in that movie. A four of a kind, straight flush, royal flush. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I beat your, I beat your four of a kind with my straight that, flush. Casino Royale scene. A better. Better. Yeah, no, that Casino Royale scene is <laughs> Oh, man. I just happen to have the straight flush, but maybe, but I'm not going to look at my card. And the only card that can beat it is the Ace of Spades, which is the, the highest card. Ace part. of Spades? Yeah. Motorhead should have been in that movie. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> My old pappy ago. always said that I could do this. The Ace of Spades. Brian, that's a good call. That's a great. Call. I forgot <laughs> about that movie. But it is. Is that funny that the same like the Joe the Indian Chief and in that is the same guy as a medicinal guy that uh, dances with yes. wolves. Oh my goodness! You can hunt. Indian for a thousand, like you can see. <laughs> I love that movie. No, you know what else is good, good about that movie? When Danny Glover robs the bank. Yeah, Man. Danny Glover. Like, pulls, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> and he pulls it back. Do I know you from somewhere? God, he just pulls it. Danny Glover has been too old for this shit in every single movie he's ever been in. Maverick. That's good. My number one. one. I love it. You got any? You got any honorable? Mention? Yes. What do you got? Shanghai Noon. Oh, that's a good one to me. That is so awesome. I know you've got a great honorable mention. That should have been in my top five. My, my, no, I know. It's written. My honorable mention is Wild Wild West. (laughs) Apparently, I was the only person in the world that liked this movie. But again, Kevin Klein, Will Smith, Selma Hayek's That would have been your second Kevin Klein movie. I know. For the running this Buffalo Soldier. Look, it's like I And who's the bad guy? Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh's the bad guy in that that dress when she meets Jim West. He is? Yeah, he is. You're right. With no legs and he just kind of walks around it's on like a spider, spider thing. thing. Anyway, Wild Wild West sci-fi meets western. Loved it. Also, and throw this out for Ryan's brother. Here you go. Serenity. That's a good one. Wow. That's a good Space one. Space western. My I only my only honorable mention is not really even that good but I saw it recently it really I saw it recently and I uh, I really liked it only because Vigo was in it that's Appaloosa Oh, I wanted it? to see it. I wanted to see. I want to see Appaloosa in open range because apparently. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that uh, we looked at see all, open range first? Oh, because I saw all those top lists and open range was always near the top. And yeah, I want to go see it. Yeah, see open range first though, because Appaloosa is not really that good, but it's Ed Harris and Viggo Mortensen, and they are really good together. That's and not like a that history movie. of violence, right? No and one fights naked. True, <laughs> that's a fact of this movie. Naked but fight. it's you know it's really it's. It's just a good, like, the only reason why this movie is good is because of those two. Like, the way that they interact and stuff. It's, Ed it's Harris good, directed it, too, too. I think. Did he? I think so. Alright, so that was our top fives of uh, Westerns. Go modern Jake. Westerns. Thanks for coming. So, yeah, thank you, Jake, for, for joining us. Uh, we, went last... ex- we went extra today because That's all right. we love hey, you. You missed a spot. Jake, give us your shout out. Um, I'm going to shout out to the one person that got me into movies, got me into westerns, uh, uh, he's dead, but, uh, it's Grandpa's, Grandpa Gan. There you go. Um, because if it wasn't for Grandpa Gan, I wouldn't have seen nearly as many John Wayne movies as I have seen, or as many westerns as I have seen. So, that's, that's my shout out. There you go. Good. Um. Right? My <laughs> shout out is the ghost... 
You should have saved that one for last. That was very heartfelt. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Jake. That's uh, all right. That's all right. It's, our it's... shout out would uh, be if you're good. in Arizona, go see Sarah's Godspell production. You know what else used to live in Arizona? Grandpa Gan. Grandpa Gan. Or it's all about circle. It's always coming back. In Mesa. Um, besides that, besides my you. shout out would be. Uh, the the Braves. I don't know what's coming up. I don't know if you want to shout out the Braves. And I do want to shout out the Braves because you know what, opening day is coming up on Sunday. That's true. And after that would be opening day for do other you guys, teams. You guys want to hear a funny Grandpa Gan story? I really I'm do. sorry. No, I really do. I do. All right. So uh, one time, me and my grandpa, we were watching. Have you ever seen something like it hot? Marilyn Monroe in it. No. There's just oh, one scene. I, yeah, yeah. You There's just one watch. scene where she's. Wearing this cut, this dress that cuts off like right at her breasts, and there's a spotlight that like it's like if it just go lower, you're like, oh my god, there's her nipples. Yeah. Um, and we're watching the scene, and I'm probably like 12, my jaw is down to the floor because it's like, <laughs> oh, there's Marilyn Monroe's breasts. Right. And my grandpa turns to me, and he goes, "Shame on you and what you're thinking." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's my grandpa Dan story. Anyway, that's Kevin, great. your shout out. That's great. Uh, my shout out. Is that's to beer fest a tomorrow? It really is a letdown. No, beer fest is tomorrow, and we're gonna we're gonna be there in full force. But my shout out is the census, <laughs> and I'll tell you. I will tell you. I will tell you why. Redistricting, because even Longoria it's didn't close. ask for it. No, because and I, I encourage everyone to fill ten out their questions census in ten form. Minutes. Ten, yeah, exactly. Ten and ten. But I, I encourage you because I especially encourage those in Tualatin to fill out your census. because Tualatin! Woo! Because really, how are they going to know how many bars to build around Tualatin <laughs> if you guys don't fill out your census? It's so true. We only got... Come on! Like, we only got... Well, how, we many, got how are they going to know how many people are going to go to their bars? Hot seat and parallel buttholes. Parallel buttholes, and, and which we've never it. been in yet. We haven't been in the parallel buttholes. come on, buttholes. there's so many more people. So fill out your census, people. You're telling me, the last time I looked at the population thing, it was at 21,000. And the last time I drove into Tualatin that I remember, it was 25,600. That's census. at least census, seven everyone. more parallel buttholes. Census, bars. everyone. I need my bars. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess this, uh, this takes... You know, Thanks, this is Jake. it for that, uh, this episode of Christmas Drink. I'm shaking his hand in my mind. Thank you to Jake Spiker for joining us. It hey, was a true pleasure. Awesome. It was a true pleasure. Uh, I can go to fly out here more often just so I can do this. Oh, you can. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we found you after your letter you sent us. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, we found you somehow. <laughs> it's amazing, but you're a lifelong listener you and a lifelong also, friend You now. can also call or email <laughs> us if you ever want to come on again. But you have good recursive handwriting. Bye.